I think we're good. What the shit? Shit! You just, you trying to kill me? You shot Lucille! She got in the way. All right. Move that knife up. I don't let girls face. It was me. Oh, oh, oh. oh! You are such a badass! Have it your way. All right. Kill somebody. No, it was me. No! We've all done things. She's the last one. After this, it's you over. You asked me to beg for his life. He was crying and you smiled. I told you I loved him. I needed him. He was only 11 years old. And what did you say? I, I don't remember. Say it. Please. What did you say? No exceptions. Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. I want to apologize for the delay. We were having some tech issues, but everything is good now. We're back on. Please help me in welcoming our special guest, Elizabeth Faith Ludlow, the beloved Arat, uh, one of Negan's lieutenants. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you here. And uh, just to, I know you're busy and to take this time to spend it with us. It means a lot to us. Uh, so let's just get this started. All right. Uh, the character of Arat did not, does not exist in the comic books. In fact, no. Arat's character on the TV show is an adaptation of another character named Tara in the comic books. How did the production team explain this to you when you first got the role? Well, actually, the um, so the character in the comics that I was representing, her name was Tara, but Tara had already been established on the show. Mm -hmm. Who was um, Alana Masterson, I believe. Yeah. Her character's name was Tara. Yes. So if you flip Tara around backwards, it spells a rat. <laughs> You know, you're right. <laughs> that's, that's how it was explained to me. I never even thought of that. Uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, now, yeah. the second, I mean, did uh, the name was picked out by the writers? You had no input and say, you know what? Since we're making yeah. this character up, how about this name or anything like that? It was all the writers who came up with that. 
Okay. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, that's awesome. Now, was uh, was a rock the character that you auditioned for, or did you were you called in for a reading, and they were like I don't know selecting various members to play the saviors, and you were picked for a rock, or did you go in to read specifically for a rock? Um, well, actually, I had been auditioning for the show for a few seasons before I booked that role. Huh? Um, and no, I actually, that it was like probably, I, I feel like I started auditioning around season five. So it had been a while. Wow. And um, when I got this character breakdown, um, the way that she was described, I was really like attracted to the character and it fit. That's awesome. That's I guess, awesome. you know. So you've been trying since season five, and did you have to go and try again, or did they just remember you and you just got that call and say, hey, you know, we want you for this? Yeah, that one was actually a tape that I sent in, so it was straight from tape to set. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, uh, yeah. in that pivotal scene that we just saw in the opener, uh, where mm -hmm. Negan uh, turned around and asked you to kill... Uh, a beloved character in Olivia. Uh, what was your reaction uh, when you read that, read that scene? Did you like go, oh man, this is cool? Uh, did you have to face any kind of negative fan backlash? You know, some fans get really involved with the uh, characters and they kind of forget yeah. character from actor. Did you get any kind of negative backlash for that? Absolutely. Um, the fans of The Walking Dead are like no other. I honestly had no idea <laughs> what I was stepping into. And um, I was actually really excited when I got that script because I love to do action. Um, and I hadn't really had an opportunity to do anything like that yet on the show. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, that moment kind of established a rot as someone that's kind of on a higher level to Negan. So yeah, I was ecstatic when I read it. I thought it was really cool. It was. Um, but I also felt bad because i knew that olivia or Anne was it was going to be her last you know day yeah. and that's always hard mm -hmm. you know she's been on the show for a while so you know we all know that day is going to come but the fact that i facilitated it was hard yeah. but me and Anne are actually really great friends so awesome. i gained a friendship out of it so it's okay that, that's <laughs> great that's great uh yeah. now the major you know before we get to the next question uh, next to Stephen Ogg, who played Simon uh, on the show, I would probably put you as Negan's second best silent enforcer. Would you agree uh, yeah. that about a rot? Uh, next to okay. Simon, who was just, he loved, I mean, he was a psycho. He loved doing bad stuff, but he didn't know how to keep his mouth shut either. Now, a rot's character, on the other hand, was very quiet okay uh but people knew to fear her because uh you know and that's why i felt uh negan turned to you as like his second biggest enforcer now speaking of negan the majority of your scenes are with jeffrey dean morgan so what was it like uh for you and jeffrey working together uh how is he on the set you know, did you guys get along? How was that whole exchange? Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he was a one. He's like wonderful to work with. Um, we got along great. I mean, the 
the from the moment I started working with him, it was just kind of like he I feel like he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. And, you know, he's obviously had an extremely long and productive and career. So, like, I was ecstatic to be able to work next to him. And, um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a fascinating guy. And what's great. He nailed that role. Oh, yeah. Without question. And I, I couldn't. I couldn't think of anybody else that, like, he just, even watching him in person, it was like, oh, yeah, that's Negan. Yeah. Like, I didn't even see Jeffrey Dean Morgan anymore. I'm like, that's absolutely Negan. <laughs> and you can tell he has so much fun playing the role because he brings a lot of Jeffrey Dean Morgan and how charismatic he is in real life yeah. over into the role of Negan. And even though Negan has done some really horrible things throughout the show, you can't help even when he was in his bad, bad days, to, there was a little part of you that kind of liked him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so it, yeah. it's very cool. So let's go to a question from one of our viewers. This is from AZ okay. Gamer. Uh, wants to know, what was your reaction, first of all, when you finally did land the part on The Walking Dead as a rot? Were you nervous, excited? And like you kind of said, you really didn't have any idea of what you were walking into uh, so what was your initial reaction? I was over the moon. I, I wanted to be a part of that show for quite a while. So to get the call was like, I was beside myself. And then it was like, there was the audition and then there was the call. And then it was like the next day I was on set in a truck in a military vehicle with, um, Austin at the time, Austin Emilio. Mm -hmm. And it just all happened so quick. Yeah. And, um, and then it and then it happened to go on for three seasons, which I never expected. I honestly did not know the character was going to progress as she did. So, I mean, everything was just, um, it, it surpassed my expecta expectations for sure. And let me tell you, it is, you lasted three seasons on The Walking Dead, and that is no small feat. <laughs> I thank you, thank you for saying that. that I feel the same way. That is no small feat. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, seven, eight, and nine, and we're gonna get to the part where you, you know, were taken out of the show. But for me personally, I, uh, I did not see a rot as one of those characters who, uh, after having survived the war between the saviors and the communities, I was very surprised to see your character. Uh, to be one of the ones to be trying to integrate with the communities. Mm -hmm. And Arat yeah. was really putting, uh, no doubt, her full effort into trying to uh, be a part of Rick's community and, and so on. Now, you playing the role of Arat and reading those scripts beforehand, uh, did it surprise you as well that uh, she had flipped and was really trying to, you know, get into the good graces of the uh, community members? You know, it didn't surprise me because from the moment that I, you know, received the character, like, I knew that she was going to do all this bad stuff and all that, but it never took away from the humanity of her. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, you know, she, she was doing what she had to survive with Negan. Yeah. And as soon as that threat was kind of taken away, she could actually, like, try to become a part of a better community you know who's to say that Negan was her first choice you know what I mean That's it's true. just like it's just how it happened and 
she did what she had to do to survive as long as she did. And I absolutely think given the opportunity, she would have become a better, you know, um, part of society, a contributing part of society at least. Yeah. And I don't know if people remember, but there's the one scene where there's thought to be this, you know, a huge brawl between the saviors and another community in the little campsite and Arat and Laura and DJ actually, or sorry, we stopped DJ from essentially trying to start this brawl between the two communities. And even in that moment, you can see that Arat is not always instigating. She's not always trying to fight the fight. Yeah. She was there trying to stop it. So, as opposed to no, Simon, as opposed to Simon played beautifully yeah. by Stephen Ogg. He just, he, the guy was, you know, he was a psycho and he, he was out for blood. He, he loved yeah. uh, killing. And, you know, you bring up a good point. Uh, in your final scene, which was epic, and we're going to get to in a little bit, uh, when Cindy, who is the leader of Oceanside, is accusing of Rot of performing those atrocities. Now, if we combine that with uh, a conversation that Negan had with Simon on how Negan found Simon after he had murdered the men of Oceanside, even though it's not directly said, but it leads us as fans to infer that you were with Simon before you were, before Simon and yourself joined up with Negan. Was that explained to you uh, as far as the sequence of a timeline as to how you actually ended up with the Saviors? Were you rolling with Simon first and then uh, you got picked up by Negan and his crew? Um. As far as the timeline goes, I think that when that storyline came out, they were definitely alluding to that, but they didn't directly yeah. say that. But, I mean, if you look at it the way that they played it, yeah, I mean, you could assume that Arat was there. Yeah, yeah. So she was with Simon, and then she got taken in by Negan, and uh, because uh, Negan mentioned to Simon, if the people, you know, I believe he says something along the lines that, if the people around here knew exactly what you did to those men at Oceanside, you know, I wonder if they would still look at you the same way. Now, um, before, the, you know, starting to shoot your final season on The Walking Dead, which was season nine, did you, uh, did the writers approach you uh, and the other saviors on uh, who were also trying to integrate? And a lot of them did integrate successfully. Laura, DJ... Uh, as far as what happened between season eight and nine that we as fans did not get to see uh, for you guys to be accepted as part of Alexandria or Hilltop, did the writers give you any kind of, okay, this is what happened in the, uh, you know, in the months that the fans did not get to see, and uh, this is how you're now part of Alexandria? Or A little bit. Um, it wasn't, they didn't over explain it, but we got a little background and we knew that there was going to be a time jump and that some things had happened during this time. But, um, yeah, I knew I had an idea that I was going to go back and essentially try to integrate with the other societies. Okay. Okay. And, and the biggest, uh, integration, like you said, it was Laura, uh, DJ mm -hmm. played by, uh, Matt Mangum. Um, of course you now, how far in advance uh, did you know about what 
or Rot's ultimate fate was going to be. Did they call you and tell you weeks and you know before, or did you read the script and like, okay, I'm dying? Well, I got a call actually. Um, I believe at the time it was a different showrunner. I know Angela, I believe, is the showrunner yes, now, yes. but um, the showrunner before her, Scott, he um, had kind of like a ritual thing of calling the actor before, like the week before it happened. So I, I got a heads up from him and then I got the script. And that would be Scott Gimple, uh, who probably called you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so moving on to, again, your epic final scene. Uh, there are a lot of characters involved. You have uh, yourself, obviously, being the center of, of attention. You have Cindy, the leader of Oceanside. You also have some other Oceanside members. And then, of course, Norman Reedus and Lauren Cohen, Daryl and Maggie, walk in on the whole exchange. Um, mm -hmm. Now, you know, going back to that scene... And Daryl and Maggie, uh, you know, uh, coming in with Cindy, who was played by Sydney Park. Uh, Sydney explains all the atrocities of what you did and how you killed her little brother. Uh, once Arat reveals what she said before you murdered Cindy's brother, okay? Uh, if you were to put yourself into Daryl's and uh, Maggie's shoes, let's say... You're either Daryl or Maggie, and you have this person who's on their knees, and you just explained what you said before you killed an 11-year-old boy. Do you blame Daryl and Maggie for turning around and walking away on you? <laughs> that's a tough uh, that's, that's a, a tough, tough that's why i had to explain it you know what i mean i mean uh that was oh. a scene that you know they uh directly defied rick uh rick yeah. wanted the killing to stop uh yeah. but once they heard cindy and arat explain uh what you said before arat killed uh cindy's younger brother they just turned around and walked away now personally i, I mean would you have done the same thing It's a hard question, I, I know. Personally, that's so that's tough. Personally, I would I would obviously I'm gonna say no. Well not personally, but if you were to put yourself in Daryl and Maggie's character. Oh I don't know, it changes people. I don't even know how to answer that because I feel like I can see their reasoning. Um but also it's so inhumane. I mean, it was even hard filming it to just like watch them walk away. Yeah. Uh it was a hard scene. It was a hard scene to watch. And even uh, us, uh, you know, as viewers and fans of the show, I can only speak for myself personally, uh, as far as to what Daryl and Maggie did, which was to turn around and walk away. I was torn. I'm like, oh, she's trying to change. You're living in a world where, you know, the past doesn't matter. Uh, so I was kind of split. A part of me said, okay, they're doing the right thing. They're walking away. Another part of me wished that they would have saved you. They would have stopped Cindy. And Well, you and the fans both, I, I, it got very mixed responses online. Some people were in full support of them. Like, yeah, you killed an 11-year-old boy. You deserved it. It was coming. And some other people saw the humanity. But 
I figure that's a success either way. People felt something, which was the goal. Was that scene personally fun for you to film? I don't know that fun is the word. What was it then? Um, well, first of all, I huge shout out to Sydney because I could not have done that without her performance as well. She was great. Um, I was absolutely blown away with all the energy that she was giving me and it was hard. I mean, you know, you, when you think about it and you break it down as an actor and filming, you know, we're filming this scene for hours on end. So, you know, I'm in this place mentally where it's, you know, I, I'm crying and I'm begging for my life and it's very, it's, it takes a lot out of you emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can say that. Okay. Okay. That makes complete sense. Um, now, Moving on to the next thing, it, like I said, it was a monumental scene. It took hours to film. How much did you guys rehearse it before filming it, just to get it right? Um, not not a lot. Because you guys just nailed it. You know, you nailed it. You did a great job. Uh, everybody, Daryl. Yeah. No, everyone was so, so amazing. And, and I really have to also give a shout out to the crew because they know that doing something like that, like going, getting an hour, two hours into it can just be a lot for anyone. Mm -hmm. So they were very like, um, they made sure to like move quickly to everyone was honestly very like reverent. And it was, it was sad because whenever anybody on the, on the show is dying and it's their last day i think everybody kind of feels it mm -hmm. just you know like what it takes to put in and like be a part of the show and how much we all care about it and just how much we love being a part of it so when whenever it's anybody's last day i think everybody is just kind of somber and respectful and yeah now speaking of it being your last day and we all have heard about the infamous death dinners that a departing actor gets. Did you get a death dinner when uh, after your last uh, scene? No, unfortunately, I did not get a death dinner. No? Oh, that sucks. That, that stinks. Yeah. If you were to rewrite a Rod storyline, uh, would you have kept it as it is? Uh, what would you have done different with, her, with, the, with the character that you played? Um, I don't know that I would have done anything differently. I think that she came on the show and her purpose was served and she lived and she died in a blaze of glory. And I'm, I'm super thankful for that. I'm happy with how she was portrayed. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, so you feel, you feel like when her time did come, her character arc on the show was complete. Yeah, I think for the most part. I mean, it would. I, I think most people would like to. It would obviously be an answer of I would love to be on the show still and continue to be a part of it. But that's just not. No, you know, it's not realistic. Not realistic. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just. I'm proud of. I'm proud of her arc on the show. Absolutely. Okay, so let's move away from The Walking Dead for a bit. Uh, in 2013, you appeared in the popular TV show The Vampire Diaries. That is your first credited role. Uh, so what led to you getting your big break and uh, landing uh, on an episode in The Vampire Diaries, which was a very popular show? 
Um, How did it all start for you? Oh, for me, well, it started early, early on in high school. I've been doing theater since I was young, like really young. But um, I think it all started for me just after, um, you know, I I originally I started out in Atlanta. And um, it just is a matter of being in the right place at the right time and doing a crap load of auditions. like continuously auditioning and being told no and doing it again and being told no and just sticking with it. Uh, that's awesome. That's good. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of actors out there, uh, you know, you, you're a great actress and you, you got that break Thank and you. you deserve it. Uh, so let's move on to 2019. Now you got a role as Lieutenant Griffin in Godzilla, King of the Monsters Big budget movie, okay? Big budget yeah. movie. Now, uh, putting The Walking Dead aside, that that's a TV show. We know how popular that is. Godzilla, King of the Monsters was a big budget movie. Compared to your other uh, acting experiences, what was it like coming onto the set on, like I said, a movie that was huge? It was gonna it, a big budget. Was the feel any different? I mean, the directors. Uh, how, how did it feel like that first day when you walked onto the set? It was, it was unreal. The the first day that I went to work, we went to um, where they recreated the Boston Stadium, which had been shredded to bits by Ghidorah at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and it literally felt like I like we were in the stadium i just it was insane and there was like fire and like rain machines and like all these just huge effects that that were all going at once i just honestly could not believe it i had never been on a set with that type of like pyrotechnics and the ability to do what they do it was fantastic so you could definitely tell you know the difference on a big budget movie as compared to something on a lighter budget uh just oh yeah just oh yeah okay i mean that totally i mean the ability to recreate boston stadium and have like the whole um like the the numbers what, what is it where the they do the scoreboard yeah. thing was like completely bashed on the ground like and it was real like life size and and then you're filming and like, I don't know. It was just, it was absolutely unreal. I mean, there's helicopters. I just couldn't believe it. I thought, are you a fan of the Godzilla franchise? I mean, before. I am. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Uh, we, yeah. We've read that it took four hours for them to do your makeup. Uh, do you enjoy roles where you got to sit in that makeup chair for that long? Uh, to get made up for yeah. a movie, or is that something that you'd rather not do again? No, I love it. I absolutely love it, which is probably largely why I work in the realm that I do with like a lot of sci-fi and stuff like that. Just because I, I absolutely, it's just too much fun to me to be able to transport yourself physically to like another world or another dimension. It's like literally like being a kid in real life, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it was four hours. It was grueling. I mean, the contacts were extremely uncomfortable. I couldn't, like, my vision was, like, cut off, like, at the corner of my eyes. Um, the prosthetic neck felt like it was choking me, like, a little bit. And then having to, to, like, 
emote through a mask is just extremely difficult, but it was all worth it. It was so much fun. Uh, and the Garden of the Galaxy, again, that's another big budget film right there yeah. as well. So uh, that that's great. Now, uh, in 2019, you had the role on the Netflix series uh, Another Life. I believe your character's name was uh, Kaz Isakovic. Okay. Isakovic, yeah. yes. Now, are you currently involved uh, in a project that you're right now uh, with? Uh, are you are you basically are you currently working right now on another project? Yeah, I'm actually in Vancouver right now, um, and we're filming the second season of Another Life. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. And that is on Netflix. It is, yeah. Okay, that's that's great. Now, moving forward now, you're, you're still very young. You have a bright future ahead of you. Uh, as your career progresses, do you see yourself sticking exclusively with acting or do you want to venture out eventually into directing, maybe producing, into other branches of the industry? Absolutely. Um, I'm currently writing two projects, and I plan on starring in one of them and then directing the other one. Um, I've been doing actually a lot of behind-the-scenes work on this Netflix show that I'm uh, working on currently, and just getting involved in you know, some of the... like producing side and all that stuff i want to be on i want to basically do every job at some point that's that's awesome now yeah taking all your roles into consideration uh even the walking dead everything uh which one did you have the most fun on set with that's <laughs> that's the question that is like too hard to it, answer there's no answer well, no, there is no, because they're so different. Every experience is unique in its own experience. And um, it's really not about which one is more fun. It's just living the character and living in that moment and in that time. And, the, you know, whether it's like running from Godzilla or running from zombies, like it, it's, just, it's a different experience every time. And, I, and they're each unique and I love them all individually. That's that's great. Now, to The Walking Dead specifically, which was, uh, I think you might have sort of answered this, but I'm going to ask it again anyways. Uh, which was your, what scene was your favorite Arat scene that you had the best time filming? I have to say, I'm going to have to say... The episode with Olivia. Okay. Uh, it, just because it, it was just a lot of fun to be able to like do the the action that I got with like tackling Christian and then the knife and then flipping around really quick and shooting the gun. That was just like a dream for me. So probably that day. Did you did you and Christian Serratos have a good time? I mean, did you guys just have fun playing that out and stuff with yeah. her being on the ground? Yeah. <laughs> because absolutely, uh, it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. You didn't say a word, uh, and the look on no, the look on uh, Rosita's <laughs> face, uh, you know, she's like, "Damn, I had one bullet, and it's just my luck that my bullet hits Lucille instead of Negan." Uh, so uh -huh. that was that. <laughs> that was hysterical. Now you know you, you're interested in writing, producing, um, just overall. 
with the state of the world right now, uh, from what I'm hearing from other uh, actors, uh, you're lucky uh, comparing to some of the other stories I hear to be actually working. A lot of actors are not working at the moment. A lot of projects are frozen because of the mm -hmm. uh, pandemic. Uh, how do you see the future of this industry moving forward? Uh, is it going to be forever changed? I think so, absolutely. Um, just with the effect that, you know, with COVID and everything, I, I don't really see us going back to the way things were. I think there's going to be a new normal. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I, I'm very, I'm extremely grateful to be working right now. I don't ever take that for granted. Um, thankfully, our show, well, first of all, we film in Vancouver mm -hmm. and this is, the COVID situation is much different over here. It's much more controlled. Yeah. So that was part of the reason that we were able to go back. And also, our show did a great job of just creating protocols and creating a system that works and so far has been working really well. Um, I know some shows, you know, well, fingers crossed it continues to work. Some shows have created protocols and still gotten shut down because it, it just wasn't up to par. Exactly. But our show is very, very careful, and we have a lot of things in place to keep everybody safe. And I think due to that and being in Vancouver, luckily enough, we were able to get going. But absolutely, things are going to change uh, for the long term. But that's not to say that we won't be able to work like we used to. All right. So for our viewers who haven't watched your Netflix show and your character... Just give us a rundown on uh, what your show on Netflix is about, and then in particular your character okay. on the show. Sure. Um, so I'll give you a rundown. First season of Another Life, it's a sci-fi show um, led by Katie Sackhoff, uh, Battlestar Galactica. And she basically leads a, a young team of astronauts into space to figure out the origin of an artifact that has landed on Earth. And... Um, we are basically space hunters going around trying to figure out where it came from, and we deal with a lot of things along the way. Uh, my character, Cass, is a Kovic, uh, was taken under the wing of our commander, Katie Sackhoff, who is, plays Nico on the show. Mm -hmm. um, she kind of takes my, my character was a kid on the street um, in a futuristic world where it was like a water world, basically. And um, she ends up recruiting me. Um, to be a part of her space team. And she takes me out of my street life and takes me into the astronaut life and kind of just nurtures me into becoming um, kind of a leader. And I can't say too much because we've got some changes going on for season two right now, but yeah, it's, it's heavily sci-fi, aliens and all that, all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like you really enjoy doing the action stuff. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> I love it. It was announced today uh, publicly that The Walking Dead uh, is going to end in 2022. The the original The Walking Dead. It's coming to an end. Okay. We only, uh, including this finale, we have like 31 episodes left. It's still a long time, but they also announced that the universe is going to, The Walking Dead universe is going to keep expanding. Uh, Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride are going to be getting their own spinoffs uh, and so on. We're getting the Rick Grimes movies. Of course, we got Fear of the Walking yeah. Dead, World Beyond. It's just going to keep growing. Now, with that in mind, 
Uh, they've also said they're going to be doing a lot of backstories. Okay. Now, if you get a phone call uh, that wants to delve deeper into, let's say they want to bring uh, Stephen Ogg back, uh, Simon, and want to do a backstory of, let's say, Simon before he joined up with Negan, and you get that phone call to come back as a rot and play an even bigger role in this backstory, what would your answer be? Sign me up. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah, you love playing the character of a rot, and you would have no yeah. hesitation in going back into that role. None whatsoever. Would you try to have them try to, like you said, show more for humanity in a backstory? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That would be great. I mean, if I had the opportunity, absolutely, yeah. Because well, I think there was a lot more to her story that we didn't. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, she's just one of those characters who's mysterious. We don't know that much about her before the apocalypse. We don't know that much about her at all, really. And there's a lot of areas that can go in relation to Arat's character. Uh, did you get to spend uh, any significant time shooting with uh, Stephen Ogg, who played Simon on the show? I did. He seems he like is, a trip. He is... I don't even know the. He is beyond a trip. He is a complete goofball. Like he was just always joking around. Like it's so much fun working with him. He always he always makes the set like feel. Well, he did make it feel a lot lighter, and because you know it's a lot of heavy stuff we're doing. Yeah, it's a lot of serious scenes. You know, there's not much clearly. There's not much laughter and like joy necessarily on the show. And Steven just brings that into who he is as a person. That's awesome. So let's have uh, some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, like you said, everybody tries to keep the mood light. We've all heard of the ongoing prank war between Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln. Uh, did you ever witness those two goofing around with each other? Unfortunately not. <laughs> but I have I know, I know, have witnessed this ongoing prank war, and it's actually super hilarious. <laughs> but no, unfortunately, I didn't get to see any of that. Now, uh... We all know uh, Andrew Lincoln loves to stay in character. Even between scenes, he does not drop his southern accent, uh, you know, when he's on the set. Uh, did he, personally, you did not have that many scenes. You guys were in the same vicinity, but no real one-on-one -on -one scenes with uh, Andrew Lincoln. Uh, how was your relationship with Andrew Lincoln and like with other with other of the the big time old timers on the show, Melissa McBride, Norman Reedus? Are they all were they friendly? Did they you know yeah. help you out with stuff if you ever needed anything? Everybody was extremely friendly and welcoming. Um, like you said, uh, most of my scenes were with Stephen and Jeffrey Morgan, so I kind of got to know them a little better um, just because we had a lot of stuff together. But from the brief interactions I had with um, Andrew and Norman and Melissa, they were all extremely lovely. That's great. That's great. And you also yeah. had some, and you, you mentioned Austin Emilio who played Dwight as well, yeah. who's now currently on uh, Fear the Walking Dead. How, how is he on the set? Is he serious, all business, or is he one of the goofballs as well that tries to keep things light? He's a little more on the serious side, but he's he's absolutely a goofball. I mean, him just seeing him and Steven interact is hilarious just because they're super close and 
they can joke in certain ways with each other. But um, my actually my first day w was with Austin. And I remember um, the, the first day we filmed together and like he was extremely welcoming. He made me feel like like in between scenes, he was just like encouraging me and like, you know, telling me, you know, you're doing great and all that stuff. And yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Everyone, honestly, everyone is really great to work with on that show. Like, I, I have to support like the fact that everyone is truly actually a family on the show. And how involved is like, uh, like the big wigs, like Gail Ann Hurd, Greg? Did you work uh, an episode with Nicotero directing? I did. Uh, like, um, like, how would you compare? Did you also work an episode with uh, Michael Satrazimus directing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I worked with both of them. They're great. Uh, we had Michael on the show as a guest, uh, and I've also liked uh -huh. to ask, uh, and I want to get your opinion as well. Everyone about Nicotero uh, wants to clearly point out on how he is really uh, focused on detail uh, when it comes to shooting. He's very detail-oriented. Did you notice that as well? When oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Like Greg is, is a, such a pleasure to work with, and he is very particular about his craft and that's why he's so great at it it shows he's extremely detail oriented i loved working with him because i'm i'm kind of the same way so we worked great together that's great now uh a question did you uh would you have liked the ch the chance to been a walker uh to actually have cindy <laughs> When she, when they took you out, when Cindy went, well, let's put it honestly, Cindy went medieval on your ass. She, did. <laughs> she went medieval she on did. a Rod's ass. Fear in the throat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you have wanted to uh, come back as a walker? Just for just for loved, that brief bit. I would have loved to come back as a walker. I honestly was a little bummed that I didn't get to come back as a walker because I mean, who doesn't who doesn't want to experience that on the show? I know, I know. That would have been so so freaking cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the I, I I mean, we asked this question amongst our viewers as well. Would you uh, rather be as an extra as a walker? For me, uh, I would just, I don't know, I'd like to be an extra on the show. So, I mean, moving beyond that, uh, looking back on your time on The Walking Dead, uh, would you say that was a big, uh, you know, leap for you in your career when you got that role of a rot into where you are now? Uh, or was it just falling into line on the path you were already on? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, the outreach that the show gets, it, I think it's impossible for anyone to say it, it doesn't have a positive effect in some, in some way, shape, or form on their career just because it's so widespread. I mean, yeah. the fan base is huge. There's so many people, there's so many directors and producers and stuff that love the show. So, um, yeah, it definitely had a, a very positive influence on my career, but also I feel like it, w it was in line with what was already happening in my life because, like I said, I had been auditioning for the show for a while, and I think that was the role that I was supposed to get, and that was the role that fit, and that's, that's why it went the way that it did, and 
I'm thankful for that. That's great. Now, like I said, you were in season seven, eight, and nine. Uh, which one was your favorite season to act in? Ooh. Not to watch. To act. Yeah, to act in. I'm going to have to say season nine just because by that point, I felt so established in my character and I felt so comfortable on the set and, and so comfortable with everyone that um, those initial nerves of, of wanting to be good enough and wanting to be liked and all that stuff, they weren't there anymore. So it made it made it just more enjoyable for me to just go and do the art and leave it there. You felt like you were a part of the gang. You belonged. You were family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's totally understandable. Now, your death on the show happened shortly, just before Andrew Lincoln left the show uh, when they were filming that. Uh, did uh, What kind of preparation was being done on the set for Andy's last episode? Was there anything different about the atmosphere that they knew uh, uh, Andy was leaving in a couple of episodes, or was it just status quo? Um, honestly, that was all kept very hush-hush. Okay. Um, like most things on the show, there we don't... We know enough to do our job exactly you know what i mean like those type of things i didn't honestly i didn't even i don't even remember when i heard about that but i didn't know largely for like up until like right before it happened oh wow so everybody's yeah. basically told what they need to know yeah because i mean otherwise how do you keep things under wraps exactly exactly you know, if they're they're very careful about keeping you know spoiler alerts and all that they have to be yeah so yeah. um yeah well, anyway, we are uh, out of time. Uh, Elizabeth, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. You are fascinating. Uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. You have a bright career ahead of you. I look forward to seeing more of you on the screen. And I'm looking forward to seeing you directing and producing as your career progresses. Thank you so much uh, for being a part, for sharing this time with us. It's been fascinating, and I want to wish you the best Thank of you luck. So much. No, you're very welcome, Thank and I want to wish you the best of luck with your Netflix show and continued success. And uh, again, thank you so much, and we'll be, uh, you know, hopefully chatting again sometime soon. Okay. Thank you. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night. Uh, again, I want to thank our guest, Elizabeth Faith Ludlow, for joining us tonight. Everyone stay safe, take care, stay walking. Thanks, guys.